This is a fresh agenda. Conversations to connect your productivity and creativity and generate your deepest work. Here is your host, Christina Mendonza. This is a fresh agenda where we chat with innovators, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. I'm Christina Mendonza. Welcome. Glad to have you here for a while. We are heading into episode 61. And as I've been told I should do by those who know more about podcasting than me, I'll take a few seconds to explain what we're doing here in this little spot in the digital universe. This podcast is about having some deeper, more positive conversations on topics of creativity and motivation and leadership to explore how people create or build businesses or how they innovate in their industries, how they stay creative when their lives are so busy. Sometimes it's a chance for all of us to learn something new or sometimes it's a chance to, for the guest to offer something to ponder as we navigate through our own careers and creative lives. It is, as I record this, another very rainy day here in Northern California. We've had a lot of rain this year, but the house outside my office is quiet. I have some tea, and I'm ready to dive into the topic of the changing media landscape. Now, we just finished the Oscars. And although it didn't win Best Picture, Roma was really the favorite in many people's eyes. And it was a Netflix film, which no one really expected. Uh, You know, they went right up against the big establishment entertainment companies who have to be a little freaked out by it. Netflix spent about uh, $12 billion on original movies, and they're going to spend about $15 billion this year. So $12 billion last year, $15 billion this year. And as kind of the granddaddy of direct-to-consumer entertainment, Netflix is now officially head-to-head with all of those legacy companies for your eyeballs and dollars. And although they don't release ratings, Netflix has shared a couple of viewer preferences. Apparently, uh, we like holiday movies and romantic comedies. I don't know if that's groundbreaking. I think I could have told you that. So hold on for a lot more of that this year. And I bring this up because our guest was on the ground floor of the expansion of cable television networks when they were stealing viewers and dollars from traditional networks, uh, when they were the favorites and they were capturing viewers. She and I talk a little bit about what she sees in the media landscape today and how it looks to her as someone who has kind of moved on and now doing other things. But mostly we'll talk about the landscape of a career and how relationships and fostering them in the right way will keep you inspired and inspire others. So today's guest is Susan Packard. She's the co-founder of the Home and Garden Television Network, and she helped to build several enduring TV brands like HGTV, CNBC, and Food Network. I love that her website bio says she can't cook and isn't good at gardening. I'm not either, but I love these networks. I love to watch all the do-it-yourself stuff. I even aspire to tidy up someday like uh, Marie Kondo on Netflix. Susan joined the world of cable television networks in her 20s, and she has so much experience navigating a male-dominated entertainment industry. In fact, uh, she wrote a book called New Rules of the Game, and that specifically addresses women-focused strategies for thriving in those kinds of environments, male-dominated dominated environments. Her new book is about emotional intelligence and it's called Fully Human, Three Steps to Grow Your Emotional Fitness in Work, Leadership, and 
life. And if you go to her website, the section on her new book also includes an emotional fitness quiz that can give you an idea of where you're already strong and where you might improve when it comes to your own emotional fitness. Kind of interesting to take and see the results. You've likely heard of emotional IQ or EQ as it's often called, which is basically a set of competencies that you use to manage relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. What I like about Packard's use of emotional fitness instead of emotional quotient. I like emotional fitness because it implies changeability, right? Like if you aren't fit now, it doesn't mean that you can't be with the right routine. But first, before we get to our interview, let's chat about New Age Aerial. They offer superior drone services of all kinds. The team has over 50 years combined remote control experience with fixed wing, rotary, and multi-engine vehicles on both land and water. Now combine that with the latest in digital photography and you have gorgeous pictures or video. But here's the secret sauce. Dave and his team love what they do. And I mean, love it. I think the only thing Dave likes better than flying is soccer. He's a huge soccer guy. But the pictures and the video you need for your film, your project, uh, your real estate, Dave and his team will exceed your expectations. So give him a call or you can look him up online as well. The number is 916-645-3474 or newageaerial.com. Now, on to our guest. She went from network executive to writing, speaking, and working with women and men in all stages of life. She's a contributor to CNBC, Wall Street Journal, and Fast Company, and, you know, as well as Dynamic... She's a lovely person, too. Here's my conversation with Susan Packard. Susan Packard joins me now. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Well, thank you for inviting me onto your show, Christina. Absolutely. I'm so curious. What do you think of the current media market? There was just some news out today that said digital has now um, overtaken print um, or broadcast in terms of advertising dollars and in terms of programming. I mean, can that be far behind? What do you think of the current climate of of media? What I think is um, I was always on the content side of it. So I always worked for programming networks. And what I think is if you're on that side of the business and still are on that side of the business, um, it's all blue skies because there's such a voracious appetite for good storytelling and it really knows no bounds. Um, if, but if you're on the platform side, so if you're in magazines or newspapers, or, um, broadcast TV, it's hard. You know, it's hard to compete um, with some of the newer media, techno- technological media. Um, obviously, Netflix is the one that everybody, you know, jumps to and looks at. But, the rea- for, you know, Netflix, they spend billions of dollars on programming. And so their, their model, and Amazon does too. So this is why you're getting, you know, these Mrs. Maisels on, on Amazon and you're getting some, you know, some of the amazing shows on, on Netflix. Um, and it's hard to compete with the dollars. But, if you, again, if you're on the programming side where you're making the content, or in the business of making the content, um, you're on the good side of the business. There's just so many ways to be creative. And and I think, uh, you know, what a lot of creatives struggle with is how do you get attention for your project? There seems to be so much out there, but there are also tons of platforms that need programming and and need to, to be able to attract eyeballs. 
That is true. And, you know, that is also sort of that chicken and egg thing. You know, so few, whether it's music or television um, shows or, you know, YouTube shows, whatever the case may be, so few break through. And the the mystery, it's it's a little bit mystery as well as, you know, okay, you can look back and say, oh, that's why that show or that song or whatever broke through. But while you're on the creating of it, um, you know, truly creative people, they really don't use their left brains. They don't sit there and go, okay, I'm going to analyze, you know, if I have these three things and I know it's going to be successful. So it's, it is a little bit of a mysterious process to get great creative content. Um, but you can put some, some processes around it. Um, like we built the HGTV brand and building a brand can be a bit of a, I mean, that's a creative process, Mm -hmm. but we had a, we had a whole brand lens um, that we went through. as like a systematic way to make judgments about what this network was going to deliver. And you you do need that too. Right. Right. So um, let's, let's get to um, some of your, your books here. So new rules of the game, which uh, I've made required reading for my college-age daughter, and, and I oh. read as well, and, and absolutely love Wonderful. it. Uh, I think it's fanta- full of fantastic advice. So, but your latest book, you. Fully Human, tell me the inspiration behind the title for this book. Oh, behind the title. Well, um, one of the things I learned is the importance of being fully present with someone, you know, all in. And it's how the EQ fitness uh, practice trains us to be, is fully present. Um, It's one of the things that comes out of doing the three steps of the book, this new book. And um, I, you know, I, um, I went through a lot of life and work putting one foot in front of the other, and I was successful by all outward appearances, um, and I grew into, you know, senior leadership jobs. But the fact was, I didn't feel, I felt barely human, truthfully. Um, and I finally had a moment um, when I took the job of the second employee at HGTV to to pause. I was 39 and to say, this is such an amazing idea. This really has the potential to you know, be huge, but I have to, I have to grow some here. You know, I have to have some inner Mm -hmm. growth if I am going to take this on. And so it was a moment in time and a lot of things came together for me to do that. And the fully human sort of the arc of leadership that I experienced is, I think, somewhat prototypical of what, you know, effective leaders do, they do go through. It starts outwardly, and then, you know, at some point you realize that's only half of it and you really have to take care of um, your inner life, too. Right. You know, for, for what you've done with uh, CNBC and HGTV and, I mean, by all, uh, by all of us looking on from the outside in, such um, a powerful, dynamic uh, woman. And oftentimes you have to be hard to do that. I mean, what was the result of all of this research you've done is that you don't actually have to be so hard and so game-faced all the time. You can be fully human. You can bring your emotion into your work and and make it a a creative space as well as a productive space. 
Yes. Well, you know, since you read the first book, you know that the way I saw my job in the way I saw the whole business, the industry of business was as one grand game. And it's how it helped me to especially do the negotiations that I had to do with cable operators, which some have um, have um, compared to hostage negotiations because wow. the mind games <laughs> are so incredible when when I've had to go through doing those. So I had to have a different paradigm. And um, so, so yes, but, you know, I don't know. You, only, you have to ask people I worked with, you know, throughout my whole career. I don't think I ever um, would be described as hard. Um, the, the, one of the reasons EQ, working with this idea of EQ or emotional intelligence appealed to me is because it's two parts. It's this self-awareness, that's part one, and, and especially about your emotions and managing them. And then the second part is responding effectively to others' emotions. And I had that second part down. And I had it authentically down because I've always been curious about people and I have empathy. So, you know, I could interface with people with just half the the formula, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, when I got to 39, I realized I only have half the formula. My own self-awareness is so limited. And... Like all great, you know, Socrates say, you know, live an, live an examined life. As I, as I said, I think it's the arc of what effective leaders go through is you get to a place where you need to have everything. It's a process of alignment, you know, inner alignment with what you're doing in your workplace. And even the job itself, is it a good job fit? Does it align with my temperament? And these are you know, questions that are first world questions to ask. Many of us just need a paycheck and I get that. But um, I I have a whole chapter on job fit and asking these kinds of important questions. The three steps of of EQ fitness, uh, do these work well, whether you are just starting your career or do you really need some career capital uh, and to be in business for a while before putting them into effect? Well, I will tell you that I've gotten some really lovely response from millennials about this book. So that would suggest to me, and you know, they're beginning careers. They may be, they might be in a second job or maybe even a third job, but um, I don't think you do. I, I think that these three steps would apply because they're also life steps. And so I think they apply whether it's your first job or your 10th job. And it's also, you know, they carry over outside your workplace into your life and your community and your family, um, all the other parts that make you whole. Mm-hmm. You, I may be wrong here in, in, in your eyes, but, but this is just my opinion. It seems like when you look at HGTV versus some of the other networks that started around that time, say the Food Network, 
Um, to me, I, I enjoy watching both, but to me, it seems like the Food Network kind of lost its way, lost its original mission. But HGTV seems very much like it was when it launched in terms of the warmth of the types of shows that are chosen. Uh, do you attribute that or would you attribute that to the framework that was set up in those early days? And and, and talk to me a little bit about, about that framework, the mesh with which you decided on programming. Right. And uh, to be clear, while I was in the room for a lot of those meetings, my side of the business was all the business end. But um, because I was, you know, there from the very beginning, I also uh, participated in a lot of those discussions. And what we did is um, we brought into a room um, the folks who were closest to the customer, the viewer, and that would be the brand people and the programming people and marketing people. And we also had a call center where our viewers would call in and give us feedback on our shows. And so with all of that, we, in, with our own vision of what we wanted, we, we put some words on a board that what represented how we wanted this network, this brand to be experienced. And that's what... Um, and then over time, you know, we went through it again and we um, we updated it. But in the beginning, it was basically three eyes. It was ideas, inspiration, and information. And if a show could click off those three eyes, then um, we felt it had had done its job. And you know, we bought the Food Network in '97. It had been on the air a few years, and it's its own brand. And um, you know, I don't. You know, I, I, I think every business kind of ebbs and flows. Um, but, you know, it's it's come into its own. And um, But, it, again, and I learned something because I was over at the, you know, I was the company that bought it. So I had a very senior level job. And one of the first things I did is create an ad campaign around it. And the person who was there from the very beginning called me and just sort of, you know, read me the riot act about it and said, you know, hey, this isn't this brand. That's not this brand. And she was right. I mean, I was, I wanted to make Food Network HGTV. And mm -hmm. it wouldn't have survived as HGTV. So, you know, it's very much a chef and talent focused uh, network. Ours is somewhat talent-focused, like with, you know, the Property Brothers and others like that. But it's infra it, the, the talent is really the information. And as long as they, everyone stays true to the information, being, um, having integrity, then the viewer experience will, will be good. I know you're very busy these days with corporate speaking and your writing. Uh, and I've read a little bit about the meditation that uh, you like to do. Is that the way that you kind of recharge yourself? I mean, everyone has to have that well that they go to to kind of recharge their own creativity and productivity. Uh, what is yours? Well, that's certainly part of it. I, um, I meditate every day. And um, I learned it about 10 years ago. And it really helped me to show up fully human and um, to evolve. You know, I think that our we have these dimensions to ourselves, a physical and emotional and a spiritual dimension. And we the spiritual dimension is the least evolved um, and for all kinds of reasons. And, you know, it's a diff it's an uncomfortable workplace conversation. Right. So you don't really go there. 
Um, but you can do a practice like meditation. And for me, it allowed me to really listen to someone, you know, to be fully present with someone. And, and still t- I still, you know, I meditate every day. Um, I teach it even because I'm such a believer in it. And, um, you know, it, it allows you to express sort of the full dimensions of what you're, what you're about rather than just living on remote control, which is so easy to fall into that trap today um, because we're so busy and we have so much to do. But it allows me, it's, it's, it's sort of retrained my brain, which, you know, thankfully there's a lot of neuroscience around how this can happen. Um, for those doubters, you know, whenever I try to prod them a little bit, mm-hmm. um, it, it's helped me to retrain my brain so that I'm, I'm a little bit slower, I pause more, I listen better, and I can show up and be of support to someone. Um, it's really great in a marriage. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> good in, in friendships, too. That's fantastic. Susan Packard, Fully Human, Three Steps to Grow Your Emotional Fitness and Work leadership and life. Fantastic lessons in this book and and your other books as well. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I appreciate being on your show. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Susan Packard. Swing by her website and check out her emotional fitness quiz. Go to susanpackard.com. It's on the page featuring her latest book, which is Fully Human, Three Steps to Grow Your Emotional Fitness in Work, Leadership, and Life. And thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. It's been so fun to see the stats tally up month by month. And after almost two years, I'm still just having so much fun with this podcast. And I love searching for guests that I think you'll enjoy. As some of them have big names like Jay Leno or Tyler Florence or Lee Steinberg. Some of you might not have heard of some of my other guests, but I do vet them all to make sure that they have something of value to give or to ponder within a 30-minute conversation. And if you're like me, which podcast fans tend to like going deep, I love a good story and one that teaches me something about human connection, creativity, or innovation is such an inspiring way to spend a half hour that could have been wasted on Instagram, right? I already waste enough time there. All right. Until next time, thank you for being here. Check out the back episodes of A Fresh Agenda. I'm Christina Mendonca. Let's stay connected. Conversations to connect your productivity and creativity. This is A Fresh Agenda. (laughs) 